Welcome to an inspirational message recorded live at Middle Falls Christian Center. Good evening, everybody. It's such a privilege for me to be here and much love from the love felt, my family down there, my wife Lauren and the kids, they send their love and regards. And uh, it's such a, such a good place to be on a Wednesday night. Amen? How many of you are excited to be here to this, this evening? Amen. God is here. The Holy Spirit is here. The presence of God is here. The church is full. There's no better place to be. Hallelujah. Amen. God is good. I, uh, I believe that tonight's message is going to touch uh, a lot of people sitting here because we're living in times and we're going through things at the moment where we need to be able to discern and hear the voice of God speaking to us clearly as children of God, going through what the country is going. Am I right in saying that? How many of you desire to hear the voice of God? Am I right in saying that? I mean, a whole church, everybody's lifted their hands. We're need, we need to hear at the time that we're going through the voice of God. And how does God speak to us? In general, we get visions and dreams. Those are the big things. Oftentimes, we get people prophesying us, Pastor Harold or the pastors, or somebody would come to you with a prophetic call, and they would speak over your life. Am I right? Who, who of you have had prophecies over your lives before? You've had prophecies. Who's had visions and dreams? Amen. Oftentimes we have a peace that the Bible speaks about, the peace that Pastor Lance said, coming over us and our hearts being guided by peace. Have you had that? We just feel a discomfort. I had an, uh, an old pastor say to me long, many, many years ago, uh, if in doubt, cut it out. If you don't have the peace of God in your heart about something, cut it out. That's clearly the voice of God speaking to you. Am I right in saying that? We also have, of course, the Word of God, which is another instrument that the Holy Spirit uses. And we can open up the Word of God. I also say to people, if, the, if you're not hearing God speak to you, open His mouth. Take that Bible and open the mouth of God. He will surely speak to you. Amen. It comes through prayer and many, time, uh, many times hours of prayer and, and time spent with God in prayer is vital for me to be able to hear the voice of God in my prayer life. Am I right? We have to pray. It's something that is so vital. And then, of course, there are just those times that the Spirit of God speaks to me like He speaks to me. I can hear God speaking. We need to build a sensitivity. We need to build a sensitivity that when the Spirit of God speaks to me, the Ruach HaKodesh speaks to me. The Holy Spirit speaks to me that I would listen, discern the Spirit of God speaking. And there are people sitting in this place. There are people sitting in this church that have not heard the voice of God clearly. And because you've not heard the voice of God clearly, you're finding yourself right now in deep trouble in your personal lives because you've not listened to the voice and the voice that you've often followed has been Satan himself. And the, you see, the thing is, knowing the Word of God is one thing and it's not always enough. Knowing the Word is not because the devil also knows the Word. We have to know the voice of God. We have to be able to discern. We have to be able to discern. This is God speaking to me right now. And this time of, of Easter, uh, this time of, of, of uh, Pentecost is such an incredible time on the Christian calendar. It is an incredible time for us as believers. I want us to turn in our Bibles right back to the beginning where this all started and where it took place. The book of Genesis, chapter number 1, verse 1 and 2. Genesis, chapter number 1 and 1 and 2. What a place to start right in the beginning. 
right in the beginning, the beginning, beginning. And it starts like this. Everybody got Genesis? You sure you got Genesis? Okay. All right, Genesis, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit, that word Spirit is the word Ruach, the Ruach of God, or the wind of God, some of the translations translate it as the wind of God from the, from the Hebrew, was hovering, the word hovering or fluttering over the, over the, uh, the face of the waters. Translated the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, refers to the divine and invisible moving force of God. Divine, invisible moving force. It is the wind of God. It is the breath of God. In the book of Job, chapter number 14, the breath of God is referred to as the fire breath of God. The fire breath of God, which kindles the coals. The fire breath. The breath of God. The breath of life. The Holy Spirit hovering. The breath of God hovering over the face of the earth and over the waters. And the breath of God here is described. And now... In that period of time, I want you just to, to think about what was taking place at that moment. What was taking place? God Almighty, the Alpha and the Omega, the Creator of all things, the God of glory, the Ancient of Days, was about to create the earth as we know it. And I want to tell you that I, I'm just from my, from my own imagine, I can imagine, from my own imagination, I can imagine that the heavens were buzzing at that moment of time. I think that the angels that were up there in the Bible speaks in, in Hebrews chapter number 12, uh, verse 22, it speaks of the innumerable amounts of angels that God has. I think that the amount that you cannot count, the entire, all of heaven was standing still. In anticipation in absolute anticipation, in, in, in a level of excitement about what God was going to do, creating something that they had never seen. And I think every time that God opened His mouth, the Son being there, the Holy Spirit, the, the Trinity, saying something that the angels must have been gasping. And God says, let there be light. And there was light. And he divides it. And he divides the, the firmament of the earth, the sky and the waters get, the, and the atmosphere, and he, and, and he moves the atoms so that there's enough carbon dioxide, enough, enough uh, water molecules, enough oxygen, so that when, when he creates, finally creates man, that we've got air to breathe. God starts separating the gases. God creates, starts creating the, the land, splits the land, the plant life, the stars, the heavenly bodies, the sun and the earth. He places the sun 150 million kilometers away from the earth so that we could have a constant temperature of 14 degrees on this planet. That we don't scorch. He takes the earth and he spins it to turn at 1,600 kilometers an hour and he flicks all the, all the, the planets into their orbits. Our mighty God, the Creator, starts creating the universe. And on the sixth day after He's created the animals, the last thing He does is He creates man. I want you to turn 
to chapter number 2 of Genesis verse 7. It says, And the Lord God, verse 7, The Lord God, Yahweh Elohim, which is the plural form of God, Father, Son, and the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, formed man from the dust of the ground, formed man from the dust, and he breathed, that word breathe there, is to blow into, to blow fire over man. The Holy Spirit gets released onto man, and for the first time that the man opens his mouth and, uh, and air comes in, what's supposed to be air is the Holy Spirit and the fire of God in his lungs, in his being, and right there man becomes a spiritual man. A spiritual being created in the image of God. And I think sometimes that we're placed on this earth created in the image of God just to annoy the devil. We walk like him. We talk like God. We sound like God. We move like God. We sing like he sings. We smell like he smells. We are created in the image of God. Amen. A thorn in his flesh every time he sees us. And that is why he hates us the way that he does. We remind him of God. And the Holy Spirit, the breath of God, the breath of fire is released into man. And God sets one condition. He says, but these of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, verse 17, you shall not eat. For when you do that, you shall surely die. The word surely die is dying, you shall die, double death. And in, and in Romans chapter number 8, around, 20, around 25, and in 2 Corinthians, no, sorry, 1 Corinthians 50, and I think 50, 55, around about there, it speaks about the curse that is on the earth, and everything starts to die from that point. Man dies, and life, the Holy Spirit, gets separated because man, is, the Holy Spirit cannot live where there is rebellion, cannot live where there is sin, and he separates himself unto God. Separated, holy spirit, separated unto God. And right there, the life is snuffed out of man. 4,000 years later, Jesus Christ reappears. The Son of God appears. Goes through the crucifixion at the age of 33. 33 years. And on the day of Pentecost, now let's turn in our Bibles. Acts chapter number 2, verse 1 to 4. Acts chapter number 2. You've heard this scripture read a couple of times in the last couple of sermons, if you've been attending. It says here, Acts chapter number 2, verse 1 to 4, it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord, all in one accord, in unity. Every person sitting there know, knowing that persecution is a very good possibility, knowing that crucifixion is a very good possibility, but willing to pay the price, already dead in Christ, having died already to themselves, knowing that persecution is a possibility. Then suddenly came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty. Listen to the sound. That sound, if you go and read a couple of verses down, when the people heard the sound, they come running out into the streets. And it says you're like a mighty rushing wind. That word mighty there is also referred to as a violent wind. A violent wind. And suddenly... Suddenly a mighty wind and filled the whole house where they were sitting and appeared to them and divided them as tongues of fire and sat on each one of them. And they were filled with what? Filled with the fire breath 
filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Ruach HaKodesh. Every person here that confesses Jesus Christ as Lord, Lord is filled with the same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Amen. You're filled with the same Spirit. From that moment, every person that confesses Jesus becomes a child of God and is filled with the Holy Spirit. Is God not incredible? Suddenly we are reconnected to God. Suddenly we are reconnected to the heart of God. Suddenly we are connected to the love of God. Suddenly we are connected with the hope of eternal life, which we never had, grafted into the vine right now. So being raised in a house where, and in a household where the, the fire of God and the Pentecost is such a real thing to us. It has been such a big thing for us growing a Pentecost and the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's just such an incredible thing. And, the, and a lot of emphasis is always placed on speaking in tongues because it is one of those things I cannot live. I cannot live without speaking in tongues. I just can't. It is so vital to me. It forms part of my prayer life. I would pray in tongues 80% of the time and pray 20% in just my words to God because the Holy Spirit through me is making the perfect prayer unto God. I cannot, and so a lot of emphasis is placed on this. But in addition to that, outside of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, outside of those gifts, what is the, what is the purpose of the Holy Spirit in our lives? What is the purpose of the Holy Spirit? Well, the Word of God calls Him the Comforter, calls Him the Advocate. The Word of God calls Him the Helper. Amen. The Word of God calls Him the Convictor. And John 16, verse 7, John 16, 7 to 11 speaks of Him being the Convictor of our hearts and our sins. He's our guide. He's our teacher. He leads us. He's our intercessor. But over and above this, the voice, the voice, the voice. John 10 verse 27 says, My sheep listen, my sheep hear my voice, my sheep know my voice, and it says, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice, they listen to my voice, and they follow me. And as I said, it's not enough just to know the Word of God. We have to know the voice. We have to know the voice so that when we get to a place where we've got to choose, do I go through this door? Do I go through that door? What business, what business uh, transaction should I leave? What should I let go of? Where should I, uh, should I partner with this person in business? My marriage, what should I be doing? Where is the what is the next thing that I should be doing here? My finances, and I tell you now that many people are not listening to the voice when the voice is clearly talking to you about your finances. Tonight we were talking about the tithes and the offerings and God is saying, do not rob me of the tithe and the offering. The voice of God is directing us and many of us sitting in this situation because we're not listening to the voice. We're not heeding the voice. For there to be blessing that is good measure, Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. We need the voice of God. What are we to buy? What are we to sell? And it comes in different ways, of course. The voice of God comes in so many different ways. I'll hear my wife speaking to me. And I know that this is not her speaking. This is the voice of God speaking to me right now. Overhearing the kids outside saying something or playing somewhere and doing something. And I know this guy that was on the board here that's preaching in a, in a, on, uh, 
Rory Dyer, Rory Dyer talks about number plates, and he, God speaks to him through number plates. But the important thing is that, and it doesn't matter how it comes, the important thing is to know, to recognize the voice of God for you and for your life. How many of you desire to hear the voice of God? Obedience to that voice is so important because sometimes the voice directs us and really it does things and says to us to do things that are oftentimes contrary to our nature. Something that I really don't want to do. I had it in this week. I had to stay, I was in a, in, a, in a little coffee shop waiting for some people and God said to me, get up, speak to that woman. I had to turn around to come back and speak to her. I had to turn around. You have to do what the voice. And here's the thing about it. The more you do it, the easier it becomes. And if you're crucified to yourself, if you're crucified, I'm already dead, then what does it matter? What does it matter to go and testify? Who cares? If I'm dead and alive to Christ, come on. The easiest thing. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. We need to blindly react, blindly react to the instructions of the Lord. Blindly react and be faithful in the small things. I want to share two, three testimonies quickly that will just really, I think, make, a, make an impact in your lives. In this week, I want to say this, that I desire this for every person sitting in this place. That you would become so acutely aware. I was remembering my dad spoke the other day about the remote control and going out to the gate. Remember the story and God spoke to you, or the Holy Spirit spoke to you, and said, take the other remote with. The gate's broken, take the other key with. So you could have gone to the gate and gotten there and had to turn around. And already before he got there, the Holy Spirit had spoken to him, take the other remote, take the other key with, go and open the gate. Going into hospital uh, on the weekend, on Saturday morning, I'm up there, a, kid, a kid that's sick in one of the pediatric wards, they've got a, the parents come distorted, the, other, the, the previous night distorted, needing prayer. Asked me to go and pray, go into the hospital, go towards the, the entrance of the hospital. As I'm walking toward the door, the guard says, turn left. I turn left. I do what God instructed, did what God instructed right there. Don't know where I'm going. I've been in this hospital once. I don't know where the wards are. I don't know nothing about this place. Turn left. Go into the next door. Now, if any of you tried to get into your pediatric ward, you would know that it's not an easy thing. Not an easy, not even for the pastors going into, it's a, it's a mission. It's a mission. Not an easy thing. I've got to go and pray for somebody. Go into the next door. The manager of, the, of that ward, fourth floor, another building where I don't know what it is, this, the, as I walk in, they say, there she stands. I walk over, greet her. Right there, the person that's the head of that ward. I would have missed her completely if I had gone into the other door. Missed her completely. I ask her, are you a born-again, spiritful believer? Are you a Christian? She says, absolutely, 100%. I said, well, that's very good because the Bible says we're two or three agree. You're number two. <laughs> She, she grabbed somebody else by the arm. Here we going. I said, are you a believer? She says, 100%. I said, now we're three. One will set a thousand to fly to 10,000. Let's go. That child is sitting up in the bed. Problem sorted. God healed that kid instantly. 
Now I know, I know that when I walk in and this happens, that God is going to do the miracle. It's not me. I'm just the instrument. I'm just going because I'm being instructed. Amen. A couple of weeks before that, I'm sitting in a situation where I am coming under an attack, being attacked. There's a situation, there's a storm in the spirit around me. And I'm asking God, please, God, sort this thing out. Pray that night. Uh, I actually, that night, I sat until 12 o'clock in the evening. Uh, I was awake, rolling in my bed about this thing, but not sure how to handle this thing. God says, get up and pray. I go 4 o'clock in the morning, I get an answer from God. Two things. One of the things is draw close to me. I can't wait to tell my wife. I've got an answer from God. I ask God in the same time, please God, like Gideon. Uh, Gideon, in, in, I think it is in the, be- the book of, of Judges, chapter number 6, puts out the fleeces. Puts out the fleeces. And he says, God, help. And I said, God, thank you for the answer. I also need some fleeces. Yes, please. Thank you very much. I wake Lauren up at 6 o'clock. I said, God spoke to me last night. Get into the car. I put on a podcast, a relevant message to what I'm going through. I said, right, Lord, I take it as a fleece, but not quite the one I was looking for, but let's go. Drive down the road. Now, I've got to, we're busy planning some crusades down in the Lowfelt area, and I've got to drive. I've got to go and do a bit of a reconnaissance of the area. And as I'm driving down the road, it's pouring with rain. Come around the corner driving towards Barberton, take a right. There's a guy standing in the pouring rain, pouring rain. And I keep driving. And the Holy Spirit says to me, stop, pick that guy up. I said, God, we are, I, my, 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 I don't want the, it's wet. And it's the, I, I, anyways, I reverse 150 meters, pick the guy up. We start talking. I lead him to the Lord. By the time we get to butt blast, the Holy Spirit says to me, buy him some food, set to send him on his way. Because he had to go on to Carolina. I had to go up to a place called, uh, past also called Mayflower. It's up in the Swazi border. And I'm, uh, I stop. We're now it's raining. We get out into the shop and I buy him the food. I get back into the car. Now I'm ra- it's raining. I've slammed the door closed. And right next to the car, there's a puddle of water about an inch deep. Inch deep. God says, see that piece of paper? Now the parking lot's filled with papers. There's one piece of paper that's folded up. Little piece of paper folded up like this. Like this. Folded up. Very neatly folded up amongst all the other. Could be anything. But that piece of paper, God says, go and pick up that piece of paper. I said, God, it's, I can't get to it without getting my feet wet. <laughs> and, and it's raining. It's pouring out there. And I said, I've got to be obedient. Get out the car, step feet wet, get this piece of paper. Now it's dripping. I take the piece of paper and I throw it next to me on the floor in the car. It's lying on the floor. The next thing... This attack intensifies, this situation that we're going through as a family. We've got to get this thing sorted out in the spirit. We've got to get the word of God has got to be clear about where we're needing to go. I'm needing something. On the Friday morning, I go to the 
to the bin to clear out the car, picking up the bottles and stuff that the kids had left in the car. As I take this piece of paper, I don't notice it, but it's still there amongst all the other stuff in the car. Pick it up, throw it to the bin. It gets stuck in the corner of the palm of my hand. It doesn't leave my hand. I look at this and I say, oh, there's that piece of paper. I wonder what this is. What did God, does it my imagination, God really speak to me? I open the piece of paper. It's written in Seswati. I can't understand the word that's in there. I scan down about five, six lines down. I notice one word that's a universal word. Yesu. What are the chances? What are the chances? God makes me pick up a, a guy that I didn't want to pick up. Makes me stop at a place to buy him lunch where I wouldn't have stopped. Into a puddle of water where I would never have gone and stepped into. I take this piece of paper, take a photo, send it to one of the black pastors. He sends me back, he says. Pastor, the translation of this piece of paper, it must have been a song. I don't know what this is. Somebody's written this and it doesn't make sense to me. But maybe you can make sense of it. It says as follows. At the end of the day, when all is said and done, after we've done everything that we could possibly do, we are going to see Jesus with the word in his hands. You've got to become desperate for God. You've got to become obedient to the word, to the voice speaking inside of you. You have to listen to God and to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And you only become sensitive to that voice and you become more sensitive to that voice as you commit yourself to a life of prayer, a life saturated, praying in the Spirit, becoming sensitive to the leading and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Come on. Come on. Now, I want to pray tonight. You know, there's a, there, we were talking about revival a, a while ago, and, I, and revival comes when a group of people become desperate for God and say that I have had enough, enough of mediocrity. I have had enough, completely enough, of lukewarmness, of compromise. I am, it, it comes when a group of people, an individual says that I am desperate for God. I am desperate for a breakthrough. I am desperate that God would take this situation and speak life into it, speak fire into it, speak power into it, that the Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead that dwells in me, would give me the victory over this thing. Holy Spirit, speak to me. What am I to do? People that are confronted with massive problems at the moment. Massive. You're going through so much hurt and so much pain. And you're needing a word of the Lord. You're needing a word from God. Are there people like this? Are there people like that in this place? Are you needing a word from the Lord? Now we're going to pray. I'm going to get the pastors to come down. And I want every pastor and his wife. And we're going to lay hands on the people. We're going to believe and we're going to move in the gifts of the Spirit. We're going to, as much as God gives us the, the word for people, we'll be prophesying over your lives.
We will be making sure that you'll be getting the word of encouragement that you need. Every person that feels that, God, I need a word from you. I need a word from you. We're going to pray this night that God will answer you. Amen. Who's needing that in this night? Can I see a show of hands? Are there people here that are desperate for God this evening? I'm telling you that if you're desperate for God, that revival is an absolute possibility tonight. It's an absolute. Not desperate for the thing. Listen to what I'm saying. Not desperate for the thing, but for the God. Not desperate for the thing, but the Lord of the things. As we become desperate for God, those things might not go away, but we'll definitely become numb to those things. As we, be, as we become desperate for God, God will sort out the rest. Amen. So I'm going to make a prayer right now over everybody. And those that want to come up, I want to ask you, as the pastors, will you please come and join me? Um, and, and just come and stand in the front here. And I want to ask everybody, if you're desperate for God right now, you're desperate for an answer, you're desperate for a breakthrough, the band can please come up, and you, we can, we're going to sing some worship songs as well. Um, if, if Marie and the band could come up, just sing a, one or two worship songs for us. And as you've been prayed for, you're welcome to leave, or you can stay and worship with us with the band, but enter into worship. One of the ways that God speaks to us and answers us is when we adore Him and when we worship Him, when we put our attention on God and forget about the things. God changes those problems that we are confronted with. Amen. Amen. I love you all and uh, let's pray together. Father God, we ask, Lord, in this night, this night, Father, so many people sitting here, so many people, Father God, confronted with the realities of their decisions, the realities of decisions that need to be made, realities of things that have happened in the past. And there are people here that are needing a breakthrough. There are people here that are needing an answer. Lord, there are people here that are needing you, Lord. There are people here that are needing an answer, needing direction, needing guidance, needing counsel, Father. And I ask in this night, they're needing peace, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would come down upon this place right now. Lord, that you would touch people as we pray for people, Father God. That the Spirit of the Lord would, would start moving in this place. That the Ruach HaKodesh, the fire of God, the breath of God, the life of God, the power of God would fill this building right now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. On everybody that wants to come up for prayer, the pastors, please come and join me. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.